Looking for something to do after Halloween is over? Are you into the strange, bizarre, and unusual? On November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the Strange Realities Conference is coming back to Nashville, Tennessee, and streaming online. Come join us for three days exploring mysteries, supernatural, the occult, weird history, and more. Featuring lectures, presentations, and workshops by Tim Banal, Zach Hunt, Leslin Vance, Bryn Collier, Tobias Whalen, Brent Rains, Joshua Cutchin, Kiki Dombrowski, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Christopher Ernst, Aaron Gullius, David Metcalf, Timothy Renner, Mallory Samwitzki, Soraya Azkath, and special guest Steve Berg as your Master of Ceremonies. Make sure to join us for the fun and informative weekend online and at SIR Nashville November 3rd and 4th and online only November 5th. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Do you think UFOs, the paranormal, weird history, cryptozoology, and outsider art are pretty darn cool? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to High Strangeness with your host, Steve Berg. Hi everyone, welcome to High Strangeness After Dark. Tonight I have my new buddy, Gracie Gillum. And Gracie is a wonderful actor. You might have seen... You might have seen Gracie in some wonderful movies called Teen Beach Movie, Supernatural the TV Show, Vampire Diaries, which is also a TV show, and Superhost, which is a new-ish movie that I am absolutely going to watch this weekend. Gracie, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good. Great to see you. You too. You too. Uh, Gracie and I, how we know each other, we got to work on a film together called Who's Watching, directed by the wonderful and talented Tim Kasher of the band's Cursive and The Good Life, and we hit it off right away. And something I just want to jump right into, because this really stood out. First off, you were like, I love when I meet a fellow actor who is like in, within five minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm so comfortable around this person. <laughs> you know, like, you are you are such a nice human being and wildly talented and just present and like everything that I want an actor, or, you know, or like someone I'm working with to be, you know, you're a wonderful colleague, my friend. Um. But there was something you said at the end of the first night of shooting, and that is, I was blown away by this, how you use food and, like, food wastage. You have a like this really interesting philosophy on food wastage. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I think this is important well, for people to hear, really. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, we first started talking about, like, the stock bag that I keep, where I put all, like, my, like, various bones or uh, vegetable scraps but I've been really trying to like find creative ways of incorporating the the parts of the food that we usually throw away. Like I've been doing some really fun things with banana peels. Um, banana peel, like pulled pork type thing is super fun. Banana wow. peel bacon is really good. That's really good if you marinate it and also dehydrate it, that becomes a really good hiking snack. And it's wow. like, it's like, I, just, I got to the point where I was like, I was like so flush with bananas and making all this banana bread and banana muffins is because I'm like, I'm so into the peels. Like, now, really switches. <laughs> so, you, well, I mean, here, here's the news flash for me is that you can't, you're turning, first off, I've never met anyone, I tried to smoke banana peels when I was a kid, Didn't nothing happened. <laughs> that was a conspiracy. That was, was an intentional conspiracy. Like, Donovan's crowd was trying to throw the cops off the scent. And so they were like, and that's why people still like often, like a lot of people think that they're poisonous because they were told by like adult figures that banana peels are poisonous no. because there was this like paranoia that teenagers, it started, I think this started in the UK 
the teenagers could get high off of them. So Donovan was writing songs like Mellow Yellow. Like there's other songs that are like alluding in a druggy way to yellow things or like banana type things. Oh my um, God. And that was just to mess with the police who were trying oh. to like mess with teenagers doing actual drugs. That is what you just solved a giant conspiracy theory, urban legend from my early childhood. Because I mean, when I was a teenager, you know, you're like, well, we'll try anything. And uh, that is absolutely fantastic. Wow. You are are such a wealth of knowledge. Um, You have Donovan to thank for that. I have Donovan to thank for that, but you for knowing that about Donovan, because I, you know, I know, uh, you know, beyond season of the witch, which is a wonderful song. I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot, but yeah. So you were you were able to take banana peels and turn them into a savory delight. Yes. Yeah. Like best nachos ever. You have what? to like scrape the white pithy stuff that makes your teeth all squeaky. Right. And then you're left with just the peel. Like ideally like a spotted banana is the perfect level of ripeness. And then you can like, like saute garlic onion and then you saute the banana peels that are scooped out and ripped for like oh 10 God. minutes. Add like a little bit of um, barbecue sauce and like <gasps> it could be a sandwich but for me it always ends up being nachos <laughs> unbelievable i am so sad to try this. i'm a big i'm a big banana person I, I you know smoothie every morning banana goes in there a lot of times yeah. at night when i want a dessert i'll take a banana split it in half put it on a plate a little almond butter and honey oh yeah it's, yeah. it's delicious have you ever made like the blended frozen banana? It's like a vegan ice cream pretty much. It's just like, no. it's just straight up like frozen bananas that you can blend. You can add like cocoa powder, make like a mm. vegan chocolate ice cream type thing. What it's is really good. Happening? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> You're changing lives today for the better. This is so, this, I'm already so thrilled. This is amazing. Um, I, I, another thing, I think this was probably the second or third night you and Earth Day we were together on the film. We started talking about, or you noticed that I had a podcast about weird stuff (laughs) or just started it. And you are pretty hip to the weird scene and you've had some experiences and have some stories. Would you like to tell us any of those? Oh man. I mean, yeah, I guess I I had known who you were and I knew your interest, uh, like interest in the, the unknown. Yes, Um, exactly. Which I think is like fun, just in an entertainment way, but it's also like, there could be scientific founding to it and it's really fun to get philosophical about it but then also on our first night of shooting we were talking about like oh there's this big like we have alien body matter interview happening in congress and like here's what else they passed that day and like this is all a really big distraction it's a really (laughs) nice smoke screen isn't it (laughs) yeah the aliens aren't here to kill us they're not here to save us they're here to distract us they're here to (laughs) uh convince us to have a bigger defense budget yes yes exactly yeah for sure Um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So we talked about, like, I had the experience as a child of having this, uh, ghost in my, in my bedroom. Right. And like, um, as an adult, I like through a kismet situation, ended up meeting somebody and we're just like having a regular conversation. Like, oh, you went to UT. Like I'm from Austin. My parents went there, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, where do like, where do you live? And you were like, I'm like, oh, where'd you grow up? And like, we eventually were able to realize that he had rented the house I grew up in. Whoa. And was sleeping in the room that I used to sleep in. We confirmed what? this because he could still see the hot pink paint because my parents let me co- paint my bedroom a color you can never cover up. <laughs> and like, and um, also as an adult, like I, I've, I've been able to get deep into the research with the help of my friend Jessica. And like she had this really, this ghost appeared to me with this really weird appearance. Like she had this gray skin and these like really kind of triangular teeth. And like, you know, you grow up and you kind of go like, oh, what was that about? Like, maybe that wasn't a ghost. Like, is that like 
this or was this like just like right. you know my my psychology sure um, can i ask you one quick but question? that is oh. sorry when you saw the ghost was it like mm-hmm. apparitional or was it like a solid kind of looked like no she was really slight... tangible like she was pretty tangible right like right. she was like not like like the, the hard, hard lines yes okay I, like i'm sorry lines. i just yeah. in my head i always that's a question i always have i'm sorry no, she was like, she was like really, and I was really young. I have memories yeah. pretty young, but like, she was like very much in the room with me. Right. Um, and <clears throat> that those physical symptoms sort of line up with somebody who was born with congenital syphilis, mm-hmm. the graying skin and the sharp teeth. Like you look right. and look at photographs of people who were born with that. And like, I'm like, that's what she looked like. Right. Um, but this other random adult that I met who rented this, this bedroom in college, like also experienced that room is extremely haunted. <laughs> like, so crazy i, I like, love it I was like oh my god that was my, I was like it was haunted right he's like yes it was so haunted <laughs> wow and it was it was just kind of like you're like yeah it was really haunted i mean it was almost like just of course and you that is so specific have you kind of um so you know the the, the congenital syphilis uh, you know you're kind of you know describing the physical appearance of this woman but is there girl. anything girl i'm sorry is there yeah, anything no very much like a little a, girl cuz you die young yeah, yeah cuz like that yeah. was that was like her trauma and that was the thing she was trying to get my help with all the time was that her parents were like fighting all of a sudden they had started fighting a lot and they were telling her things like she was going to die and like that would be wow. really freaky and also if you you your child starts to show the the symptoms of syphilis and your husband came home with syphilis or whatever like that's a reason to start fighting yeah and also yeah. it's scary to be told that you're going to die when you're a child that's not a great thing to be told when you're a child you know um no. like you know getting told she had trauma yeah yeah i mean <laughs> sounds awful um is there any kind of like geographical significance about this house like it, that that you know of like See, I want to get into like, was there like a really high rate of syphilis at that yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. Or like, um, or at what point that would have been? Um, but no, I don't know. It's just sort of like central Austin mm-hmm. at this point. Like it was, it was populated by mm-hmm. different people for a long time. Right, right. Very and Europeans, because that's where the syphilis comes from. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's like that's. Uh, it's Did like people who live in the hills of the UK fucking their own sheep? Yeah. <laughs> that's where we got that. <laughs> Look, the people have some interesting proclivities, but uh, you know, we're, I'm not. We're not here to judge on high strangeness. Uh, now, did the guy who was renting the mm-hmm. room, the, the house, did he, what were his experiences? Did he? Ever, did you guys kind of swap like any stories? Not that much. Not that right. much. Right. We didn't get into it. It was yeah. sort of in passing. Like I ran into him, and I was like, "Oh, hey." hey, hey. And then we were like having a brief conversation. <laughs> How <laughs> like, weird! We got pretty into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, just the you know statistical odds of him renting the house you grew up in and the passing meeting, and then also being in the same room, and then also saying there were some weird experiences there. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, that is so crazy. <laughs> really Lots weird. of yeah. things have to line up for that to happen. Um, did you have anything else growing up or in your you know adult life? That's odd. Um, okay, so I'll I'll stick with this one in that I drove by that house as a 19-year-old, mm-hmm. and it had been torn down, because of course it was, because it's Austin, and everyone's tearing down the houses and building up giant houses, as much right. houses as you can fit on the lot. Right. Um, but at, when I drove by, it happened to have been leveled, mm-hmm. and it was like I could see this like kind of smoldering from the place where that room was, coming through mm-hmm. the like, really? non-grass ground. 
it was really freaky and I kept like trying to unsee it but I just like I kind of saw it as sm- smoldering I was like all right that is so interesting. That is so interesting. You know, I, I mean, do you kind of feel that you're maybe a, one of those people who just can't, is able to experience this stuff, you know, more than the average person? Because, like, I will tell you, like, for me, I have, like, been into this stuff since I was a child and always trying to put myself into situations where I can't experience stuff, even as an adult. I'm, I'm a non person. But nothing really happens for me. I feel like I'm just kind of like this paranormal kryptonite where, you know, the phenomenon is not going to show itself to me. But do you feel like that maybe you have a sensitivity to this stuff? Yeah, I guess so. I've had a few other experiences that we talked about. Like there was right. one house hunting, like where we were going to get shown this like lower room of this house. And both my mom and I shouted no. And mm. unison as the real estate agent was about to turn the doorknob, mm. like just like. And I'm like, I remember experiencing like, oh, like, well, this is going to be embarrassing when I shout no. And it was just in complete sync with my mom. We were just like, no. Wow. <laughs> it was really dramatic way. Like, don't open that door. Just the vibe and, was heavy enough or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think like, you know, there, like I did a lot of work at a children's theater growing up, like volunteering and also doing shows. And that was that ghost that uh, place was supposed to be haunted with like 13 ghosts. I think someone once found out on a Ouija board, but there was a fire in that building. And there was these like two kind of like young girl spirits. They didn't die in a fire or anything. But like if you believe in energy imprints, like that's a traumatic Mm -hmm. experience. And so like maybe there's this time echo of that in some way. I don't know. I'm like so willing to be a skeptic and so willing to be a believer in like one step. So so am I. I mean, like I find myself just kind of somewhere in the middle, the excluded middle that uh, people, you know, people get in. I'm agnostic to all this stuff. Like I have a deep interest in it. I I mean, I can't tell you that it's true. I've never experienced it. But I feel all I can say is I feel like there's something to the paranormal and UFOs and cryptozoology. I don't know what it is, but I think there's something to it. And that yeah, is enough for, like that. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's enough. For, I mean, we're giving it an ology, like UFOlogy. Yeah, I, mean, I, like, love it. I love it. <laughs> it's fun to give the these soft, you know, kind of like pseudosciences some legitimacy. <laughs> well, how many of our scientists used to be pseudosciences? They like, all did. I mean, how like, many of the things that we've explained now used to be hocus pocus? Absolutely. So I many. Mean, yeah, even like very famous, you know, scientists like Copernicus and other people we herald as geniuses today. I mean, they were alchemists. They were trying to commune with the spirits and like, do, you know, they were definitely doing some uh, very strange things, which, you know, I think is kind of awesome. Uh, so you, one thing I always think, because I... I, I didn't start acting as young as you. You you you've been doing it since you were how old? Only professionally since I was eighteen. My parents weren't like letting me do professional acting as a child. Right, but you were doing plays and stuff and acting yeah. since you were a little kid. Since fifth grade. Since yeah. fifth grade. Okay. One thing I've always noticed because I've um you know done plays and a lot of comedy and sketch comedy and you know studied theater in college. Nearly, with the exception of one that I could think of, nearly every theater I've ever been in. People claim it's haunted. Oh yeah, every theater is haunted, right? <laughs> like not every one, but it seems like at there's least a the ghost old story. one, right? At least and, the old one. And, and you said something interesting. The reason why I brought it up is because you said something interesting about like psychic imprinting, and like it, that is an idea I'm very interested in. And I do think, I mean, what better place for than a theater? You know, people laugh, they cry. There's actors on stage that are literally performing magic convincing you that there's someone else so much so that you're letting out these big emotional you know 
kind of energy. Yeah. And I, I, I wonder, it's an interest, It's as interesting as anything else to me, any kind of notion of what the paranormal is, but that psychic imprinting may have something to do with it. Or yeah, or like that there is so much of this weird transient energy that's being put out. Like there is mm-hmm. like people are um, putting energies that they're not really genuinely experiencing out there. Yes. Maybe that makes it a more fun place to stick around, or maybe it makes it just like the our, like maybe our perception of time is a little bit right. weakened there. Right. But yeah, those two little girls really liked me, and they were like mostly up in the costume shop, and that was where their apartments were when the fire happened, oh and their parents Lord. were out of town. That is really wild. But they would always bring this one apron out and put it in the middle of the floor when I was up there. Really? <laughs> like, what's and that? it could have been like it could have been an employee messing with me. But right. I was always like, I would always just like, just in case, I'd be like, "Oh, you guys, I have to put this away now." <laughs> well, you know, they say intention. If you if you come, if you like, kind of play back and tease back and be funny back, you'll people. Some people say intention is everything with this stuff, and if you are fearful. You're going to be shown something scary, and if if right. you're not, if you're laissez faire about it and just kind of yes and and play along like you are, yeah, you might have yeah. some fun with it. That's like a good lesson. Up there. Yeah, they're just yeah. messing with you. So I'm going to mess back. Let's tease. <laughs> We're busting balls here. Uh, the same way, wave like if it was like one of my little kid campers, like I would be like, oh, you guys, yeah, cut it out. Or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a silly Billy. <laughs> Come on, we have to co- we have to clean up the costume room. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you just a before I get in some stories from the San Antonio and uh, how do you see the the other town? Bernie. The, Bernie. Bernie. It, it's an insane level of vowels in that. Yeah, word. It, it's yeah. a lot. They're really yeah. milking those vowels in there. Um, I want to ask you this question, and obviously you probably maybe don't have the answer, but maybe what you kind of think, because you have, you have an interesting perspective on this stuff, but do you think like in terms of, we'll just say like, you know, kind of these ghostly experiences you you've kind of been around. Do you think there is like a co-creative aspect to it to where like these ghosts may not be there if there's no one to experience it? You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. yeah. 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 I mean, everything, everything that we experience as reality is so filtered through our senses and mm-hmm. through our understanding. Like we physically see very little, like our brains are crafting what we even see, which is what we experience as our strongest sense. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I think if you look back, like we have a, thousands of years of ghost stories and yeah. how those ghost stories change to reflect our society is a real yeah. indicator. <laughs> like, yes. like ancient Roman ghost stories are like, Ooh, you've got to help me. I'm buried in an improper yes. way and I could affect the water system. Like, yes. <laughs> like, oh, that's so great because, well, I mean, even down to UFOs, right? Yeah. Because I mean like, oh, UFOs, yeah, demons, demons, like demon possession became alien abduction. Absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, it, it, you know, we just had a, they had a different framework for it back then. And yeah. if you look at like fairy culture, you know, like the fairy yeah. faith in Scotland and Ireland and, uh, you know, the Scandinavia, these fairy stories sound like UFO. Like when people meet yeah. the occupant of a UFO, there's no difference in it. One's more science no. fiction-y, but one's, you know, like. It's... No. Or like, 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 okay. So we, we both like the 1855 Devonshire England Devil's Footprints incident. Yes. And I love how it's just like, this is the devil, the devil. De-. But now right. like you hear that story and like, like my, my modern perspective, like my only theory that makes sense 
from maybe like some weird thing came out of the frozen lakes because it was like the weather sure. was weird that year. Sure. That sounds like, doesn't it seem like aliens came with their lasers and like yes. that tested the area? That's what it feels like is it, the only explanation to me. If you swapped a couple material objects in these stories, they'd be undetectable from each other. Yes. And that yeah. is to me the most interesting aspect about all this stuff, which I'm not really convinced that like all the, you know, all the high strangeness UFOs, ghosts, even Bigfoot, are not different projections of the same thing. You know, like, I'm not sure that they're really that different. They totally might be separate and just separate weirdness, but I'm not sure. (laughs) You know, like, I'm kind of open to the idea that we might be just being shown little, like, displays of oddness. (laughs) And And it matches where we are at, you know, in culture and society at the time. Yeah, or what? What? Who is allowed to feel that they have trauma in a society? Like, who? Who is allowed to say like what I feel is bad and justified? Right. And like, our society is not neutral, and it's really transient. And so, I feel like often when people have this trauma that comes from what is normal to everyone, we need this other outside thing to justify what happened. Yeah. It's not like I live in this terrible capitalist, racist, sexist society. It's like yeah. I was abducted by aliens and they stuck things inside of me. Yeah. It's like, yes. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'm, yeah. So it, I think that it's the same. Like we need this outside monster to make our own traumas justified when we don't feel we have a justification. That is absolutely brilliant and i've never thought about it in those exact terms it's like we need this mytho- mythology is like a coping mechanism almost <laughs> for oh, yeah. society you know and, and like all this stuff is kind of just modern mythology in the making perhaps you know like mm-hmm. we're witnessing a new mythology and it's like aliens from outer space and you know but it also that means that someone could save us there is this like if we are getting more and more atheistic or agnostic in mm-hmm. our society then there's this other thing that we can believe in that would make somebody else in control. Right. The idea that we are in control of our own fates as a species and as a planet is so terrifying. It is. That, it like, is. like, oh my God, when people stop believing that there is this higher force and this creator of the universe, then we need for there to be alien saviors because somebody else needs to have maybe even created us, but especially be able to save us. Yes, and, and if you, you know, follow modern ufology, it has gone to, and it's been going this way for a while, but it has gone to a place in some camps, not everyone, obviously, but there are a sect of people who are fanatical about this and they're UFO activists. And they think beyond, you know, uh, you know, socialized medicine or stop war, stopping war and like, you know, the mistreatment of a lot of different people, they feel that UFO activism is the most important thing in the world. And to me, mm-hmm. while, you know, sometimes you can laugh at that, I find it very damaging. Because there is like almost a religious fervor about people. It's like, we got to break down the walls of the Pentagon and figure out what what the UFO. I'm like, chill out, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that reminds me. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a society where certain members of that society refused to recycle because they believed that the sooner they destroyed the planet, the sooner Christ would come back. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean. It's kind of the same. It is it is exactly the same. It is not it's no, no different at all. Just replace, you know, aliens with their version of a higher power. Oh my lord. It's messy out there, folks. It's messy out there. We're just trying to wade through the waters. Um well would you like to hear a couple uh kind of odd little folkloric who knows if it's real or not, maybe it is. I have no way to prove any of these stories. But I found quite a bit of stories out of 
around Bernie. Obviously, Bernie, I did find out, has a lot of a lot of kind of famous haunted places, like three haunted okay. hotels that are kind of famous. Um, oh yeah, okay. I tried to find some like lesser known ones because it is actually a pretty hit place. Also, a lot of I noticed a lot of movie stars live there. Really? Yeah, Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights has a place there. Uh, Cheryl oh, okay. Ladd just moved there and. I can't remember the other ones, <laughs> but there was a there was a handful. It was nice. Um, but this first story is right, I believe it's in Bernie or right outside of Bernie. Okay. It's called The Donkey Lady. And I'll paraphrase. The story of the donkey lady, as it's known, is part ghost story, part urban legend, and part cryptozoology mystery. There are many different versions of the tale, but this is the version I'm going to tell you, Gracie. So the basics of it are a woman was trapped in this house fire. Some some people say that her husband started the fire and that she was trapped in there with her kids, yet others mark the culprit as a young rich kid who was hassled by the woman's donkey. So a mob of young men, affluent friends, set fire to the barn and the woman was burned trying to save her donkey. In either case, she was horribly mutilated in the fire. Not a good situation. What a nightmare. Ever since, people have reported hearing strange noises and seeing a ghastly figure in Elm Creek, in the Elm Creek area of South San Antonio. I'm sorry, this is in San Antonio, not Bernie. There are even reports of a figure jumping on the hood of people's cars, leaving odd hoof-like dents. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, dude. What do we do with that? (laughs) I I think I I had heard that one in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Um. And wow, that's that's terrifying. That's terrifying. It, but there's there's also like a like a real prevalence of like the weird feet. Yes. And like demons, especially like in San Antonio culture, like like Mexican culture, like the devil has chicken's feet. Yep, yep. Which yeah. is always scary. Like when any kind of like hybrid creature, whether they have different animal parts, really kind of freaks me out. Like a centaur, which kind of looks like a bent backwards horse legs, and oh man, forget about it. No thanks. I don't think I could handle that. Yeah, there's some really, really freaky ones. And even, like, unicorns didn't used to be horses with horns. They, they used to be goat lions and, like... Really? Really freaky, yeah. yeah. Oh, bring back the yeah. goat lion version. I think we're ready for it. Yeah, and I think, like, even Julius Caesar wrote about them and stuff. Anyway. <laughs> Whoa! God, if those are really running around, that's a world I want to live in. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, this next one okay. is called The Beast of Bear Creek. And I will just, you know, paraphrase okay. this. And feel free to jump in at any point with a question or a comment. The Beast of Bear Creek originates in the small town of Cleo in Kimball County, which this this is close. Kimball County? Yeah. That's where Bernie is, yeah. That's where Bernie Okay, yeah. The story goes that an old Native American shaman who lived in the area knew how to shapeshift. As revenge or punishment towards the white settlers slaughtered in his tribe, he stole the people's land who stole his land at night the shaman would turn himself into a giant wolf-like creature and roam the countryside at night in bloodlust killing livestock and any unfortunate settlers that happened to be outside after dark i love that one i haven't heard that one i love that one yeah it's weird right um and and, you know the uh the whole idea of the you know skinwalker in in the kind of four corners area of the country is is big stuff so i I, you know maybe you have a you know, I don't want to, you know, do any kind of cultural appropriation because I'm not one of those people who believes like, oh, you're, you know, the house is hot because it was buried on Indian burial ground. I mean, I feel like that's like 
white people's version of mm-hmm. how ghosts appear. But uh, this is interesting because this giant wolf-like creature, that's kind of like some werewolf dogman territory. And, and, and that's an old archetype yeah. that goes way back. Yeah. And I was, I'm sorry, I was doing some like early morning. I woke up to early research on this recently because yeah. there's like the European dog heads mm-hmm. and like people think that that could have been really popularized by Viking culture because mm. like the berserkers would come in with like these wolf pelts. Right. Um, and so if you're just like seeing these like, like wild soldiers that no one seems to be able to defeat, like coming running at you when they have these wolf heads on their person. But then um, I've also read that uh, uh, like sort of the werewolf culture in America stems from like rabies. Cause that's from here <sighs> and not from Europe. And so if you drink from the water, the wolf drinks from you become like the wolf potentially whoa i did not know that you are a wealth of knowledge you really <laughs> but i'm a... interested in the dog head like phenomenon i i am too well you... then... please 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 go ahead oh no and then there's there's this like like whole debate about if like dog heads can have souls in the medieval era and like it really is just about like like these vikings like can they be christianized but it's it's like there's these beautiful old prints of these like weird dog-headed men where it's like <gasps> do, do dog men have souls yeah. <laughs> can we baptize people. them <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is great well you know it's funny too is that um i you know keep my ears and ears and nose to the ground of the crypt, crypto cryptid you know zoology world and dogman the last three or four years is really like the crypt cryptid du jour. He, he or she is really having a moment right now. Uh, there's like dogs, dog, dog man websites where there people can report sightings now, but like it's become a pretty hip thing. Oh, I love that. I wonder what it is now that that's making, that's making a comeback. I've been trying to think of that too. I mean, it's all everything. All these things are, these kind of archetypes are so cyclical. Like they have a moment yeah. and then it morphs into something else. And, you know, obviously Bigfoot right now is just like the American, like he, he's becoming like an American folk hero, he or she, you know, like yeah. it's, it's hilarious to me because you'll drive, even like in LA when I was living there, I would see like people with like bumper stickers. I'm like, what is going on with Bigfoot? Yeah. Man? Yeah. Bigfoot's really popular right now. We just did a road trip up, up the Pacific coast Ooh. and like so many chainsaw statues of Bigfoot everywhere. <laughs> People are really into it. So I many know. towns have really laid claim. They, to, they like, have. Look for them here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Museums everywhere. I'll, I'll tell you what, like, I actually am so, I'm dangerously close to buying one of those Bigfoot, like, saw things. My wife's like, oh, really? Like, I'm like, I think it would look so cool in the backyard. And she's like, I don't know. She has a different opinion, but she'll come around. She'll come around. <laughs> <laughs> Are we really going to be chainsaw statue people? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm ready for it, man. I'm a phases guy, so yeah, I feel like I'm I'm the phase I'm in now is like getting stale. So I'm ready to become the chainsaw statue person. You're okay. over your life size alien figurine. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> you right. Need your outdoor Bigfoot. That's exactly right because all these UFO activists have kind of, are turning me off from UFOs, so I'm having to go other places for my weirdness, and it's manifesting in Bigfoot art. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, well, here's one. I love the Black Panther phenomenon. And it's something I, it nearly, I mean, so many states have it. And guess what? Texas is no different. So, Gracie, in Texas, both sightings and stories of a roaming wild Black Panther abound. The Hill Country is so, I didn't know that's called the Hill Country around there, right? Like in, around the San Antonio region. 
Yeah, it's a comparative term. It's still like it's still pretty flat if you're from anywhere else. But <laughs> <laughs> right, but there are some like little bumps in the in the landscape. Yeah, there's some. Okay, <laughs> I come from a flat a flat area too, so I get it. Uh, per biology, black panthers are not known are not a known species, while cryptozoologists are searching for specimens to verify its new species of big black cat. Biologists have a few other explanations. What you know? What this? I think I totally copied and printed the wrong part of the story i did this is very embarrassing you are witnessing a complete uh mistake on my part but the story was i kind of remember it is that back in the late 1800s and then there would be like these jumps in time where it would appear again but people like quite a few people were reporting in bernie seeing these black panthers yeah where they don't belong have you ever heard anything about that well I, my understanding was that that's just when a panther is born with melanism. Right. And then it can happen to any wild cat. Like it even happens less commonly to like ocelots or like there's bobcats that uh-huh. are like that too. Yeah. Um, and then, so I think it's just like, it's just a genetic, like it's a genetic mutation. Any, any mountain lion, I think could have a black panther. Interesting. Because yeah. well, like, look, and it's funny because you might've just debunked the whole thing, but going back to like, in like England, they had these reported sightings of, what they call a black panther even in nebraska they do Did they get leopards up there no like they don't they, they they don't have big cats there you know at all but people were yeah. reporting seeing so people have turned those these... are just bears people are seeing bears <laughs> I call bullshit. No, <laughs> but in england the term started and, and there's book, quite a few books written about this but they call they call them abcs alien black cats <laughs> Okay, okay. So there you go. You know, that's that you learned something new here today. <laughs> it can happen to other creatures too. Like there's black manta rays and stuff. Ooh, it's really cool. cool. Yeah. And like sometimes there's, there's like advantages to it. Like you're better at hunting at night if you're less visible, but also then you don't have the little dots in your ears that help you communicate with your young and other of your oh. species and stuff. So there's a trade off. Yeah, there's a trade off. Yeah, but I think, I mean, that, that, that's... Obviously sheep. It happens a lot to sheep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, 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 very cool. Okay, this one is right outside of... I want, I want, okay, right outside of San Antonio. Okay. And it's called the Haunted Railroad Tracks. In 1930... 19- oh, oh, you yes, know about that. I love yes, it. I, was I love really it. Hoping. Oh, I love it. You just fist pumped. This is great. Okay, so in the 1930s, at the intersection of Villamain and Shane, there was a fiery collusion between a train and a stalled van that claimed the lives of at least 10 school children. Legend has it that if you park your car on the train tracks of that intersection, ghostly children will come and push your car from behind off the tracks. These are helpful ghosts. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard this. I've never tried it, mm-hmm. but I've spoken to at least like when i was more of a child teenagers told me it worked so like you know right handful of salt but people will go they'll put like like some sort of powder like baby powder or flour on the back of their car and they say that you can see little handprints really i don't know i've never tried it oh my gosh well you know <laughs> I, you know he, here's the sad thing is i noticed that they took the tracks out oh they took well, the, tra- the intersection is still there but like they did take the tracks out Okay. Well, maybe the danger is gone then. Maybe they're not so worried about trains. That's true. I guess it would be Maybe better. the kids get to rest now. <laughs> God, that's right. <laughs> they went to the light. Now they can finally chill, go to the yeah, other side. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but this was a story that you heard about growing up. 
Yeah, yeah. This was like like when we talked about local ghost stories. I almost wanted to tell you about this, and you're like, "Oh no, 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 no! I'll research it." And I'll oh, uh, I, 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 I get the railroad track. <laughs> I love. I aren't, the, but these urban legends, though, as a kid, are so damn fun. You know, they're they're just so great. And also, do you know is is this even the story of the 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 collision the that caused the Is that a legitimate story that you know of? I have no idea. I have not I done that research. Yeah. I yeah. did a little bit, but I couldn't find anything to see if that was legitimate. But I'm sure that was even. Uh, I think I had heard it as like a bus more than a van. I don't know. Right, right. Interesting. Ooh. Okay. Well, this is another um, another little tale from San Antonio. It's called the Menger Hotel. You heard of the Menger Hotel? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I might have stayed there actually. Ooh, yes. <laughs> it's it's okay. downtown, right? Near the Alamo. Uh, it, yeah, it is very close to the Alamo. Yep. Yeah. Which is yeah. haunted in itself, but that, that's so mainstream, oh. you know. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, so another hotel was built in close proximity to the Alamo. The Menger Hotel was opened up in 1859 and is over 160 years old. It is known for its renowned Victorian architecture, but also known as one of the most haunted places in Texas. The hotel is rumored to be haunted by more than 40 ghostly spirits. I yeah. love how they actually have a number for it. Uh, yeah. So someone yeah, was keeping it, uh, a tally in a little ledger. Uh, that's 37 ghostly spirits. <laughs> and, you know, like, oh, the specificity is always so great for me. Uh, one of the Menger Hotel <laughs> bars most famous for ghostly guests is the spirit of former President Teddy Roosevelt, dressed in his old military uniform. Wow. Yeah. That's right? interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, I always kind of think, and I think I heard someone else say this once, but like, when you're a ghost, maybe you get to choose when you f- thought you looked the best. And so right. maybe Teddy was like, you know, I felt pretty, I was in good shape in the military. You know, I, I looked really clean cut and sharp in that uniform. And maybe he chose that. Cause yeah, maybe. Who knows? Or maybe, maybe it was just some other big guy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> people like, that could be Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Yeah, it was a Teddy Roosevelt impersonator. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure there was other people the size of Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, he was a pretty. Stuff. He was a pretty. You know, he was a. Comic I didn't know comic. that. I didn't know that people thought that Teddy Roosevelt was a ghost there, but I did know that like they really they market how many ghosts are there. Yeah, forty apparently, forty separate. Yeah. ones. I mean that's a lot of bang for your buck if you're staying there. I mean like your odds are yeah. pretty good of running into one of these ghostly figures. Yeah, I know I didn't stay in a room that was one of the rooms that was said to be haunted. I think, like, they take those by request, and they get requested pretty frequently. I bet. I mean, uh, yeah. so, uh, according to my little uh, looking into this, the hotel is also known for another ghost by the name of Sally White. Sally was a chambermaid that was murdered in the hotel by her husband. Legend claims that Sally will roam the halls of the hotel in her Victorian made outfit carrying towels for the guests. I think it sucks that she still feels like she has to that work. That sucks. Come in on. The life. I mean, oh my the lord. Chambermaid. Her husband murders her, and she's just like, "You want a ghostly job?" She's still like, <laughs> like doing that's her terrible. job. Oh god. I hope. I mean, I, I don't. How would you like? You can't pay a ghost. I don't think our monetary system crosses over. No. Oh, that's such a bummer, man. That one actually that's made me bummer. really. That made me sad. That yeah. Oh. Yeah, that makes and honestly it makes me sad for the humans who told that story first. Yeah, that they'd be like, Yeah, she's still working. Good for her. She's still working. Yeah. Put in her 80 hours a week like a good American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh man. Well, this one is another outside of San Antonio. And 
it, it, it this is a, I like this one for various reasons, but it sounds like a lot of tales, including one in Nebraska. So this almost feels like something that every everywhere there's a lot of stories on bridges, Gracie. And bridges yeah. are, you know, these liminal places. They're a threshold to somewhere else. And so yeah. they're kind of an intermediate state going from one side to the other. And a lot of times with this weird stuff, liminal areas apparently attract it, which I find interesting. So why not a bridge? Mm-hmm. Of course. Perfect. So this one's called The Devil's Bridge. One of the more obscure spooky spots in San Antonio, The Devil's Bridge, is located near the San Juan Mission and Ashley Road. The pungent smell of sulfur permeates the night air, representing something demonic is afoot and around the bridge. There has been books written about, one of my friends, Josh Cutchin, wrote a book about paranormal smells. Like, <laughs> and, but that, like, you know, and going back, like we were talking about, back in an antiquity, you know, they would say, oh, the sulfuric smell when the devil would, or demons would come around mm-hmm. the devil. But a lot of times people smell these things when there's a Bigfoot close by. Or when they meet the occupant of a UFO or they see ghosts, there's oftentimes weird sulfuric smells. And even even today, that's like, it's a very interesting phenomenon. So the pungent smell of sulfur permeates the air, totally right, representing something demonic as a foot. I just read this part. Okay. If this overwhelming presence isn't enough, legend states that if you throw a rock into the water, you won't hear or see a splash. Whoa, okay, right? Wow. Yeah. And here's some kind of like a there there's actually like I found this like great site and there's all these people t- telling their stories from there. But I I kind of put a couple of the stories there cuz I thought they were fun. But apparently back in the 1980s, the bridge was a major attraction for rebellious teens. Even some beca- it, it, here we go, satanic panic. Even became the gathering yeah. spot for devil worshipers. Of course, right? Poor de- I mean Everything was a devil worshiper back in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. It's amazing. Because women were entering the workplace. Exactly. So, what are they going to do? <laughs> they must be worshiping the devil. So they, <laughs> they had to leave home so they could go out and worship the devil. Uh, oh, God, Lord. Lord help us. He claims, uh, so, so this person, the witness, claims that underneath the bridge you could find animal remains that were used for sacrifices as rituals. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Um, a group of friends decided to visit Devil's Bridge one night with a Ouija board. They claimed that it bega- they be- began to hear loud cats meow and they could smell rotten eggs. They also believed that they saw something in the bushes where a kind of screaming started to emanate. They took off. then the, or, But before they took off, the Ouija, sp- Ouija board spelled Murder X. After that, the friends got back in the car and drove the F out of there. Whoa. 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 Have you ever used a Ouija board? I actually haven't. Yeah. I, it I seems did. like something I would have done. But... Yeah. We'll get you one. We'll get you one. Christmas yeah. is around the corner. Yeah. The holidays are coming. So, you know. <laughs> uh, I I did once as a kid, and I remember, I was like with some older kids, and they spelled out that this, I mean, it was, they were totally faking me out, but I remember they said, like, they met a kid who was killed and he liked to listen to Iron Maiden. And that was the only thing I believed it at the time because I was like seven or eight and it totally, totally wrecked me. Well, okay. So I shot something last summer Mm -hmm. um, where we used a Ouija board on set, really. And it was like this woman running this hiker hostel, not an actor. And then this one other actor who I trust very much, um, who like believes in this stuff. 
And she, her mother had passed within like six months. And like her mother had made her promise before she died that she would try to reach out by Ouija board because <gasps> she was into that stuff. Right. Um, and so like we were making this movie that's sort of about spirits and ghosts and like, her, like she, like Asher, this other actor that I know very well, like he, like he swears he didn't move the thing. And Maria swears really? she wasn't moving the thing. And she was like trying to talk to her mom and her it starts to spell ghost and then like oh. the letter B and then Maria just starts laughing. She's like, if my mom is watching and we're making this movie, like she'd be like, what are you doing down there? You're making ghostbusters. <laughs> like, That's so my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is beautiful. And I also love yeah. that it was like a joke. I mean, like I feel like if I was going to communicate with someone on earth after I go, I will it will come in the form of bits and, and like, you know, bad dad jokes and like, you know, like <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. That is yeah. so fantastic. So I was nearby that, but uh, I did not participate. Yeah. But Maria but, was like, Oh, that's so my mom. <laughs> oh, but so you've been, you're, you've been Ouija adjacent though, you know, I've like, been adjacent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With Jason. Yeah. <laughs> With Jason. <laughs> Have you ever kind of used or like, you know, messed around with any other kind of forms of like divination, you know, tarot yeah. cards or you have tarot cards. I like tarot cards. Yeah. Tarot cards. I, I just, I keep on buying these like really nice tarot card decks, like these expensive twin peaks decks or these like heroes of ufology decks, but I don't want to use them. And I need to buy just like, if you were mean, you need to have some just kind of like everyday carry tarot cards. You don't, what need to be precious with what, what's a good recommendation i will send you some because you're actually not supposed to buy them for yourself oh really that's that's why bookstores keep them in a lockbox you're supposed to i mean like old old legend says you're supposed to either be gifted them or steal them you're not supposed to purchase them for yourself i did but people say they won't work right really so i'll send you a deck that i really like oh buddy i'll send you a deck because okay I, <laughs> yeah, well, you will strange decks. That that's a look at this. This is a fun way. I mean, to for friends to ex express gratitude towards each other. Yeah. Buy your friend a tarot deck. Wouldn't that mean something to you? And maybe it'll mean something. To also, them. Exactly. Oh yeah, my friend Trish. When we left LA, like I moved to LA from Asheville, North Carolina, recently, and my friend Trish gave me a Hocus Pocus tarot <gasps> deck. That is so sweet. I know. That's so nice. And, and so, do you know how to use tarot and kind of interpret it? Yeah, like I like sometimes I will refer to like the booklets and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but there's also a way of doing it where you just intuit, like right. based on the pictures, because like that the logic being that they have their own meaning that way. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and like you know you can like like read into when things are reversed more or less heavily. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like more of an intuitive thing. Right. Do you ever, I mean, like, cause like I kind of find that like a lot of these things, these divination tools are also good tools, like artistically speaking to kind of get you out of your head. Get, you know, it's, it's like taking a walk when you're trying to write something and you cannot figure out how to end this scene with like a joke or whatever. In my case, usually it's a joke. I will oftentimes just go walk around my neighborhood and like listen to something, you know, but then I come back, I got it. But it, I yeah. feel like I feel like tarot in some of these divination tools can be used the same way. Yeah, I think like more so than me thinking that predicting the future or telling 
anyone thinks they don't know. It's a way of like reframing the way you're thinking about something, especially something you're having anxiety about. Yes. Like something that you're like anxious about, you're probably fixated on mm -hmm. in a way that is like redundant and repetitive. Right. And so the same way is like getting out for a walk, bilateral stimulation makes you reset your brain. Like, right. like having a card tell you what your present is like, like makes you think about things in a more holistic and out of the box way, I think. Yes. Wait, you just said something by, by, say, say bilateral what? simulation. Yes. Okay. So that's that... also like, that's what EMDR is. What's EMDR? Like, um, it's a trauma therapy thing. Right. Um, and so like you can do, I think it used to be like a little, little <laughs> pocket pendulum thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pendulum yeah. Thing. Um, but now it's like vibrating things in your hands or you can even just like, do like, just like even doing that when you're right like Pen having a panic attack or something like that can like reframe the way that your brain is working, but also like it helps you get into a deeper la like layer of your brain, so, um, which is really important when like restructuring your brain from trauma. Right. And does that have anything to do with like, kind of like having the two hemispheres of your brain, like work more, work more har harmonious. I mean, I don't know, lack of yeah. the, that's not a scientific. I'm like, you know, I'm an idiot, yeah. but like, yeah. No, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a neuroscientist or a psychologist. Yeah. I think that that's part of why, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because like, um, you know, with a lot of the out-of-body kind of like astral projection stuff, they will listen to uh, binaural beats to kind of stimulate, uh, to try to help stimulate an out-of-body experience, which I have yeah. not tried yet, but I would like to because an out-of-body experience sounds very fun to me. That sounds really good. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah, yeah, you get to travel without having to go to an airport and, you know. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Um, you were showing me, and I can't remember if you. I can't remember if you text, text, I can't. Remember, I'm all over the place. I can, you text texted me an article about the gin. Yeah. So you have an interest in the gin. I'm really interested in gin. Yeah, yeah. and you I'm said, really interested in them. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me some of like what, 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 why, why are the gin so interesting to you? I'm just curious. Well, I'm interesting like to me like, too. Well, I mean, so first of all, I guess the thing that's standing out to me most, I love that like uh, there was a society where you can like be mysteriously pregnant with no man to explain it and be like, a gin did it. And everyone's like, far out. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love too. That. I do too. I do too. But I also, I like the commonality we were talking about, like, like the devil having chicken feet. And then like, you know, like people will say like the way you can tell a gin who's in human disguise is the feet will be backwards. Like, right whatever that means um or like there's the gin who like if you sleep with your feet bare in the in the desert there's like a really weak gin who's said to like come and lick your feet until they bleed but Whoa. like if you're sleeping with your bare feet in the desert wind is probably gonna like yeah. <laughs> like yeah. agitate your feet to the point that they bleed just right. like sand right. is in the wind and um but yeah, I also like, I like more, you know, that's like me explaining things, but like, I've also like kind of had some interesting experiences between trees because gin are supposed to like really have governance between trees. And like, okay. um, I like had set up like a hammock in between these two trees and I was like, I was like singing a lot, but I was also like, like smoking marijuana there. And like, sure. I like one time I go to sit in the hammock and I like kind of flipped all the way around and I was like, this could have just been my clumsiness, but like, just in case I'm going to leave a little offering and like say yes. a thing to like the gin that might be between the trees. And then sure. it honestly felt like I was much more welcome after that. I left a little treat. A little food and money treat. And <laughs> that, well, you know, I mean, it's great. And that, but that is also like totally the fairy lore too. 
of like you know like they're little they they're tricksters. Oh, yeah, they're <laughs> you know? Or there's um. I, uh, I have a friend from Singapore and there's apparently this like female goddess, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if you want to say deity of some kind, mm-hmm. um, you could go from goddess to demon, I guess, um, yeah. who like, especially between banana trees, um, <gasps> like she hangs out there and she will punish men who have been bad to women. And like, really? then there's also like, now I'm thinking like, like Appalachian culture. I was just living over there. There's this like very famous, uh, bride ghost who lives in the Appalachian mountains and she will do the same. She'll mess with men who have messed with women. And like, wow. yeah. but yeah, it, like the trees belonging to the fairies is like a big one. And I also love like, like fairies only become small when like people get gardens and cities. <laughs> like yeah. the forest, and like yes. now fairies are small. Yeah, I mean because you know I'll, I I just got done reading. Oh my gosh, and I can't. I'm I'm looking at my bookshelf right now because I can't see the title. But it was a uh, oh god, what is the title? Damn it! Written by the Yale guy in the early 20th century. Anyways, it was about the Irish fairy faith, and it a lot yeah. of these entities or fairies he's describing are full size. <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not. They're not. They're not big like that. But yeah, like it's just different names for the same thing. Because like you know, gar- your guardian angel is the same thing. It's like I think like the female version is called Jinya. Uh-huh. Um, but like your spirit that is attached to you when you're born. Um, wow. And like, like you know, like there's this idea that like once you really like are like going to be a staying physical presence, and you'll get the spirit attached to you. And like, like so many different cultures have a version of that. They do, and I think it's kind of lovely. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like a lot yeah. of kind of like the mythology, like the the aspects of mythology that were positive and nice, have kind of been like erased out of like twenty first century. You know, like it's all either like bad or like good. There's no like kind of middle ground between it. But like, yeah, I like I like that idea. You got like a little uh, a little buddy with, attached with you to go through like spirit. You say you've never had like a supernatural experience, but have you right. ever forgotten to set an alarm before an important day and woken up just at the right time? Of course. I mean, that could be your that could be your gen spirit. Yeah. Or your guardian angel. No, you're you're so right. I mean, and, like it is one of those things where I when I you know really deconstruct weird moments in my life where I'm like that is the logically you know it's hard to wrap your head around some of these things when this the statistical possibility of it, you know you know it's it's like I I'm a big like you know. I'm very interested in synchronicities, the kind of the Carl Jung right. idea of synchronicities. Like, you know, for example, like, you know, you're thinking about a friend you haven't seen in 19 years and they call you a minute later. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone has those. And I feel like they're meant to, they're like little signs that you're supposed to pay attention to something. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what it means and what it represents, but man, is it fun because, you know, with, you know, I feel like, you know, as uh, society gets a little crazier and crazier, you can feel out of control. But some having a little magic in your life, and you know, if like uproot your life and change your belief system, but infusing a little bit of magic, I think is a, is kind of a positive thing. Yeah. And I like, you know, I don't think it, like, I think it adds something to my life to sometimes feel like I'm talking to my gen yet. Like when I'm right. looking for something and I just can't see it, even though I know it's in front of me, I just like will say aloud, like, help me. And it feels like I can immediately do it. Or like right. when something like, like, you know, something really works out and it feels like, like in some way, the energies of the universe helped me with this thing yeah. that like, I wasn't going to achieve without them. And right. it, like, you know, say aloud a thank you. Yeah. It's it's a, <laughs> well, it's a way to be appreciative. And also like, I think get out of your ego. Like I did all this, you know, like I, I, I think, I think the sentiment and the idea is kind of a lovely way to, to live your life. Yeah. Let me tell you, Gracie, you're doing it right. <laughs> you're doing it right, man. 
I'll tell you, you are, you are. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. This has been so much fun. It's so good to see you again. It was it's so good to you, see you. You you were just beyond a pleasure to work with. You were so funny. Well, you and like, were. You know, and like, but you know, when you're shooting a movie, it's not like you were always like working and you know acting and seeing lines. There's a lot of like downtime, and it is always mm-hmm. such a pleasure when I get to meet someone who's so smart and interesting and has just a really like cool perspective on the world around them and that is you so is this i'm so excited to call you a new buddy really it, it, i like, know ditto it was so wonderful to get to know you like, yeah and, yeah. and you, you i was excited to meet you when, i was like, excited I to you meet you oh and man. you did not disappoint <laughs> oh, that's, good. that's good that's good oh man that's, that's so nice uh you know and one thing i just before we 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 end this i i talk about food a lot on this thing because food is like my little carrot before the stick of life and i'm always mm-hmm. thinking about my next meal i'll think about what i'm gonna have on saturday night tuesday night when i'm in bed you know and i feel like you and i bonded over food but not just like you know like oh i love this restaurant and stuff like this we, the crafting and the art the art of making food and you first off you made me a martini that guys i i have to, I, I have to tell you this martini was perfect because Gracie understands how to use vermouth. Yeah, it, it, it was it was so good. And um, like, do you feel this artistic release when you're cooking? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like like it was so great to like that that working situation, being able to like live with Olivia and a more like culinary stuff because like oh you God. do like this emotional work and acting like, and mm-hmm. I just like I I need to go home and make something that is yeah. like I don't I just I need to go home and cook. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. and you're. So I love ter- it. Yeah, when I came over to you guys, your y'all's house to have some, have some beers, you were like marinating nice steaks. I mean, like you had it going on. You guys were eating very well, and I think yeah. that's great because I totally hear you. Like, if you're you know, especially if you you have like a big day working on a, a film, you are like jacked up afterwards, and to just go home and order a pizza, you're like, uh, I need to like come down. But like having no, I don't just need to eat. I need to create. Yes, (laughs) I feel the same way though. I really do. Like I have all this energy still, and I have to put it somewhere. So why not put it towards making something beautiful for yourself and for others? Uh, I can't wait to someday cook with you uh, and eat your delicious food because you're such a talent. When you were in LA, or I'm in back in Omaha, I will make you a chicken soup martini. Oh, because like that's the thing we talked about that, and now I just, I just need I just need to I need to make yeah. that for you. It's, it's so gonna fun. happen. It, I'll be out there. I'll be out there sooner rather than later. Hopefully, the strikes okay, are resolved, and we'll both be working like crazy. Uh, everyone, well, before uh, we we leave, is there any like you want to give it your social media or kind of like you know is there oh, anything yeah. you want to promote? You know, um, yeah, my 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 Instagram handle is at Gracie Gillum, um. And yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I, I should always be prepared for this question. They always I know, say, I'm like, I was sorry. and I never am. I no, never I'm am not here. either. I'm not either. I mean, also, like, we've been on strike for like, you know, four or five months. So it's like, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, and, I see. And, um, she has a and This one's Lucifer. Instagram handle is Hildy Elizabeth. <gasps> I'm Hi. looking at a wonderful dog. You say that again, Hildy Elizabeth? Yeah. Oh. Her name is Hildy Johnson after his girl Friday, but I decided at one point her middle name is Elizabeth. (laughs) Well. This is my little genius spirit. What a beautiful (laughs) genius spirit it is, too. Uh, Gracie, this has been so much fun. Uh, Thank you. You are are the absolute best, my friend. I will talk to you very soon. Everyone, 
This has been Hi Strangers. I hope you guys and gals and binary pals all had great dinners tonight. All right. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Bye.